Also a little unsettling, Biden gave the speech at 9 a.m. Presidents never speak that early. Biden speaking at 9 a.m. is like your parents calling you at 9 a.m. Oh, God. Either somebody's dead or the internet is down. Ah, uh, yes. It's uh, not comedy, it's politics. Politics by another name. <laughs> yes, sir. That does remind me, though, they were uh, they were really spun up yesterday because Joe Biden, when I came in yesterday morning, what the news media was saying was that Joe Biden was going to come out at 8 a.m., 8 a.m., and talk to us about the bank, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, as I like to call it. And, and um, he came out eventually at 9 a.m. Everybody was standing by, looking at their watches, tapping their toes, and saying, where's Joe for his 8 a.m. thing? And he finally came out at 9 a.m., maybe a little bit after 9 a.m., to talk about the banks and are they going to bail out their friends in the Silicon Valley and, you know, don't worry your little heads about it. And they're lying to us about it. They said, first of all, it's Trump's fault, right? It's Trump's fault. Joe Biden said yesterday. And um, so it's the Republicans and and Trump's fault, not not theirs, because they passed a law and that law... Um, was better, and this never would have happened under their law. Now, Barney Frank of the Dodd-Frank law that was uh, passed after the 2008 calamity, um, he begged to differ with Joe Biden on all of this yesterday, and he's on the board of the cryptocurrency bank that collapsed in New York. Uh, But pay no attention. Pay no attention to that. It's a lot of remarkable stuff going on here, I'm telling you. And Jen Psaki, Remember Jen Psaki? She was uh, circled back. She's going to circle back. She went and got a job at MSDNC because NBC News pays Democrat administration officials to lie for them because that's what the party needs. They need lots of cable channels where the 24-hour lie is rolled out uh, again and again and again. And it's uh, it's great stuff. Now, I got to say, before we jump into, because I have so many things to get to, before we jump into, because Joe Biden yesterday at, at uh, 9 a.m. and then um, and said, oh, you know, we're going to be real tough. We're going to punish people. We're going to spank them. We're going to spank them. He's always threatening to punish people and industries and Border Patrol, and they're always going to pay the price. And he gets all ferocious. He's a very serious mental case, this guy. Uh, and Jen Psaki was on the television yesterday, and she said, oh, yeah, he never gets up early. He's always, uh, you know. He's a night owl. Yeah, he's a night owl because Hazel's on late because he got to stay up and watch Hazel. But uh, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable stuff. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, sir. Um, Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki. Um. But Jen Psaki was on MSNBC, and then she was on uh, Stephen Colbert. That one's collapsed. Yeah. And uh, so we got uh, we got that because it's all propaganda all the time. It's uh, the Democrat Party; they they own the airwaves. That's that's part of a military style takeover of the United States of America. Uh, the media is what you do as an invading army. You know, if China invaded our West Coast and it was like Red Dawn or something, you know, but the Chinese there and the the Putin guys there. You come and you take over the radio stations, right? And and now the TV stations and the cable stations and the newspapers. And then you take over the schools. 
And that's what the left has done in the United States, Mary. They started with the colleges. Now they're down to transgender kindergarten, right? And the drag queen story hour for four-year-olds. And you just heard the teacher in New York saying, oh, yeah, kids are transitioning at the age of two and three and coming out at the age of two, the age of two. You people need a restraining order, honestly. Boy, speaking of uh, Democrats and corruption, there was a little item, just a blurb in the Washington Post today that I spotted in the Digest. It's in the Digest where they put the little stories with, you know, two paragraphs of information, right? And I, and I saw they don't think much of it, but Minnesota the, in the Digest, 10 more charged in food program fraud. And they've got uh, a few sentences on this. 10 more people have been charged in connection with a scheme to steal over $250 million from a federal program designed to provide meals to low-income children in Minnesota. See, why would that be a problem? A total of 60 people have now been charged in the conspiracy. Oh, the Washington Post is spreading conspiracy theories over here, I see. In which authorities say a group of people took advantage of rules that were relaxed during the COVID-19 pandemic and falsely claimed they were providing food to children. Now, and then it's a couple of sentences more. And I thought, well, gee, $250 million stealing from, you know, children and food, you'd think that would deserve more than a blurb in the digest, but you'd be wrong. Now, I went and I looked it up, and uh, what did I find? I found the Minnesota reformer. Feds charge 48, 48 people in $250 million Feeding Our Future Fraud, Largest COVID-19 Fraud Scheme in the Nation. I think they're bragging about it, though. That's, that's not a condemnation. Federal criminal charges were filed against 48 people who allegedly participated in a $250 million scheme to exploit a federal child nutrition program during the pandemic. Over the course of about 20 months, the defendants falsely claimed to serve more than 125 million meals, with some claiming they were serving up to 6,000 meals to needy children per day. The U.S. attorney, Andrew Luger, called it a brazen scheme of staggering proportions and the largest U.S. pandemic relief fraud uncovered to date. But nobody's really looking, so there might be more. It's only a quarter of a billion dollars. $250 million. So I looked and I read and I read. And, um, you know, gosh, the indictment against Empire Cuisine and Market LLC claimed to have served millions of meals, got over $40 million that they used for vehicles, travel, real estate, and property in Kenya. In Kenya. That's a country in Africa. I think uh, Barack Obama's father. Uh, and so it's uh, kind of, and I started reading, wait a minute, the Safari Restaurant enrolled in the program Feeding Our Future. That's what they called it. And additional sites, and they had shell companies and claimed to have served millions of meals for which they received over $32 million, over $32 million. And then it turns out I had to keep searching and keep searching and looking and looking and got all this crazy stuff. The uh, Feeding Our Future opened more than 250 sites throughout the state, fraudulently dispersed more than $240 million 
fraudulently, for one organization, $240 million, federal child nutrition programs, and uh, the uh, Feeding Our Future went from dispersing about $3.4 million in federal funds in 2019 to $200 million in 2021. Now, why would this be a big deal? Uh, Shell companies, it's only a quarter of a billion dollars. Well, I kept looking and I kept looking because that's what I do. I research Bravo Restaurant. They got millions of dollars in Rochester, Minnesota. The owner of Community Enhancement Services uh, and uh, companies in the Jig Jiga Business Center, the Jig Jiga Business Center in Minneapolis received more than $1.6 million. Uh, Haji's Kitchen, Haji's Kitchen, S&S Catering uh, got, S&S Catering got $18 million. And Haji's Kitchen got more than $25 million for, and they used it on vehicles, real estate, and travel. Why would this be a problem? I'm still looking. Who are these people? I had to go to the Texas Tribune, Texas Tribune. Oh, wait a minute. That's the wrong story. And and I'm searching and I'm searching to get to the bottom of this. Um, here's who was charged in Monday's Feeding Our Future investigation. Ten more people, U.S. attorney, and all this stuff. And it turns out that um, it's a appears to be a gang. Can you call it gang? Still in 250 million taxpayer dollars of Nigerians uh, who have bought up all kinds of things in Nigeria, property and and elsewhere, um, Turkey, for example. But Mohammed Ali Hussein was one of the people. Lou Bashir Ali was one of the people. Mulata Ali was another one. Kawasar Jama. Uh, 41 years old. Uh, Abdi Kadir Kadie uh, was uh, arrested. Uh, Abdul Kamir Awale. Uh, Kadra Abdi. You see a pattern emerging here. Uh, Ayan Farah Akbar. It's, uh, it's uh, um, uh, Abakar. And uh, Sade Osman Hashi. Uh, and then one woman named Sharon Ross. Somebody named Sharon Ross, just to throw a wild card into the mix there. Uh, 52. So it uh, turns out that lots and lots of properties, they got money laundering going on, or you got shell companies, you're pretending to feed children. And it appears to be a Minnesota gang of immigrants from Africa that set up this this scam uh, and stole about $250 million. Now, this is not national news. And in the Washington Post, it's a blurb in the digest with no details. So you're left uh, on your own to go do the research, as I did this morning, to find out what's happening here. And it's uh, isn't, uh, let, let's see, uh, Ilhan Omar uh, comes from uh, the, uh, it's, uh, we should ask her, because remember she married her brother to uh, fake out the immigration system, and that was, that was fine. And doesn't she have a relative that she pays for, uh, I know Maxine Waters' daughter has taken in, uh, tons and tons of cash from her phony campaign and and all that good stuff. Uh, by the way, the Republicans are planning on holding a field hearing, a congressional committee hearing in McAllen, Texas, down near the border, to examine Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas' border crisis as a failure by design. Now, the chairman of the committee is Republican, and Chairman Green announced, it's Mark Green from Tennessee, 
Chairman Mark Green announces field hearing in McAllen, Texas, to examine Secretary Mayorkas' border crisis as a failure by design. And that hearing is scheduled for tomorrow in McAllen, Texas. And um, every Democrat on the committee has announced that they're boycotting, that they're not going. They don't care. They're not on our side. They're the open border crowd. They're pro-fentanyl. They're pro-MS-13. They are pro-everything bad, after-school Satan club, and, of course, transgender two-year-olds. Customs and Border Protection mobilizes dozens of agents to the northern border due to an increase in migrant crossings from Canada. This is a uh, story that I've shared with you in the past, a couple few weeks ago. And now it turns out that the numbers of people coming into from Canada, right, coming into New York, Vermont, and New Hampshire, uh, is is up, what is it up? It's up 800, more than 800%. Illegals crossing from Canada. And here's the thing. See, they're flying from Mexico and Latin America and going into Canada and then sauntering in across our northern border because they know that uh, really there's uh, nobody there to stop you. So... Customs and Border Protection mobilized an additional 25 agents on Monday to a busy section of the northern border where the number of migrants crossing into the United States from Canada has skyrocketed. Now, that's kind of an unusual uh, thing, but uh, this is what you get because Joe Biden and the Democrats are not on our side. And uh, honestly, they've seen an 846% increase in apprehensions between October 2022 and January of 2023, compared to the same period a year earlier. 846, not 100% increase, not a 200% increase, an 846% increase to the point where they've, you know, sounded the the alarm and they're, they're calling in reinforcements. And all of the Democrats, um, again, Republicans going to McAllen, Texas, to talk about the border crisis, every Democrat on the committee has said they're not going. You know why, don't you? They're not on our side. Also, uh, New York City Immigration and Customs uh, Office is fully booked between today and 2032. Not 2023, but nine years from now, they're fully booked so when they catch illegal aliens and they give them a date to show up back at uh, the offices, it can be nine years from now, seven years from now, uh, six years from now, but it can be nine years from now. Give me your tired, your poor, your smuggled masses, the New York Post. This is an amazing story. They're so backed up um, because, you know, and then they blame somebody else because they're Democrats. They have the brains of demented children. You know, growing up in Chicago, I envied my neighbors when they got their deliveries of Omaha steaks on their front doorstep. I saw them. I knew my friends would brag about it. Their dads would be grilling. You could smell the delicious steaks cooking. Now I get Omaha steaks delivered to my house because I'm all grown up now. Spring is in the air. That can mean only one thing, spring grilling season. And the steak experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale. Semi-annual sale means 50% off 
across their entire website. Grab your favorites like perfectly aged tender steaks, ocean fresh seafood too, juicy burgers, and a whole lot more. Plus, when you go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code PLANTY. That's me. At checkout, you're going to get an additional $30 off your order. It's the perfect way to get fired up for a spring. Spring into something special. Don't wait, though. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use the code PLANT at checkout. Take advantage of this incredible deal. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. You're going to want to hurry because the 50% off site-wide sale is only happening for a limited time. So don't miss your chance to save. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use the code PLANTY at checkout. Get an additional $30 off after getting 50% off when you shop their semi-annual sale at Omaha Steaks today. A minimum order may be required. Ah, yeah. Yeah, the Democrats, you might think they're open borders and pro-human trafficking and pro-fentanyl trafficking and pro-cartel. You'd think they don't care about this country. I think you might be right. There's only one Chris Plant. The Chris Plant Show. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. People try to put us down. The the new inflation numbers came out this morning. And uh, you may recall, I, I'm doing this from memory, but I believe that inflation on Inauguration Day, on inaug- when Joe Biden was sworn in and President Trump left uh, the White House, I believe the inflation rate was 2.1%. Does that sound right? 2.1%. And um, now it's not 2.1%. It is uh, 6%. And CNN has got a glowing headline about it. It's wonderful. The White House announces steps to lower everyday costs aside, alongside new inflation report. They're going to lower costs. Yay! The new inflation numbers are out. They're about three times what they were when Trump left. And it's good news. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. I made a terrible mistake talking about the inflation number. I looked it up thanks to Al Gore and his amazing internet. But according to The Hill paper in Washington, D.C., Liz Peek, how Biden torched the Trump recovery. And uh, Liz Peek says inflation was 1.4%, 1.4% when Joe Biden walked into the Oval Office. 
I think it may have actually been 1.2% uh, even days before that. But Joe Biden uh, won the election and uh, the economy started running for the hills and the energy sector started running for the hills. So in a 1.4% and then it got to, you know, like, nine percent under joe biden and today they came out with the new numbers the new consumer price index numbers and uh gosh they went down from six point for the inflation number went down from 6.4 percent in january to six percent now and the news media is applauding like isn't this great donald trump 1.4 percent when when joe biden walked into the office office one 1.4 percent now they're thrilled at the 6% inflation rate that Joe Biden, and that means interest rates go up, and that means housing becomes less affordable, and housing starts drop, and and uh, housing market, the real estate market, uh, gets a, you know, a punch in the gut. Um, and here's CNN's take on the new inflation numbers today. White House announces steps to lower everyday costs alongside new inflation report. Now, if it were 6% under Trump, the headline would be Americans suffer under gigantic inflation rate. So the White House on Tuesday is highlighting new efforts. to. This is CNN's lead. The White House on Tuesday is highlighting new efforts to lower Americans' everyday costs with a 6% inflation rate. Right? That's their thing. Just as the latest consumer price index, a key marker for inflation, showed signs that the temperature is dropping. Boy, this is, you know, you can't pay for coverage like this. Of course, they don't have to, do they? Wow. That's amazing stuff. That's your Democrat Party. That's your so-called news media at work. And I've been saying for many years, um, it's good to be a Democrat, and that's why. Up on Cripple Creek... She sends me, I don't have to speak. She defends me. A drunkard's dream if I ever did see one. And the uh, Democrat Party, they got uh, all of the benefits, don't they? Um, let's take a, wow, I can't believe the time. Let's take a, uh, I got the, the three hours seems like uh, one hour every day because, you know, of all the fun stuff they give us. <laughs> let's go to the telephones. Let's go to Patricia calling from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Patricia, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been worried this transgender would get down to two years old. Let me tell you a story. Uh, about 22 years ago, I did Sunday school uh, for the toddler class, and I had a little boy who all he wanted to do was play dress up. And that's all he wanted to do. Well, I switched to kindergarten for five-year-olds. And a few years later, he was in the class, and he was all boy. He was a handful, I'm telling you. Well, one day, his parents came to pick him up, and his sister was with him. Come to find out, she had used him as her live baby doll when he was younger. (laughs) So all that dress-up was just learned behavior. And... I've always thought that nowadays he has no chance, depending on a school's going to get a hold of him and put him right into LGBTQ, you know what, affirming. Right. And um, That's right. And it just terrifies me. And um, I've always thought of that. And here we are. 
You don't teach Sunday school anymore at the same place? Well, I left that church because it got woke, trust me. Wow. It, it's all into this stuff. At a and church? I haven't really be, it's hard to find a church now in D.C., a good one. I just listen to Christian radio out of Arlington. <laughs> and then oh. I have a good Bible, um, you know, study Bible mm-hmm. and uh, that I'm in every day. I read the Bible from cover to cover since 1999. And, um, but I follow, you know, I, and I listen to, I get up at about 1 a.m. and I listen to, um, Red Eye Radio, and then keep wave. <laughs> I then keep WMAL on the rest of the day till sure. about three. Well, you got to, you know, if you're going to be well informed, and and also, you know, you you get with all the craziness, you get a laugh. You get a laugh with all the craziness too. That's true. Yeah, that's the that's the trick with these crazy people is, uh, you know, I know there's a joke in there somewhere. Um, and uh, these these crazy people. Well, Patricia, thank you for for the story, and God bless you. And, and look, yeah, that's right. So the, the boy's older sister was using him as a dress-up doll. So that's where he got the idea. But then left alone, left to his own devices, he became uh, all boy and, and uh, normal, normal. Remember normal. See? Go to the Chris Plant store, Patricia, for remember normal coffee mugs and remember normal shirts. You could, uh, you could get one for that family. You could get, um, you know, the families. Maybe the, the boy, he might be uh, grown up now and off to college or something because, you know, that is, uh, that is crazy. All right. Thank you, Patricia. Um, and let's go, to, uh, let's go to, uh, uh, to audio here because let's go to uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden yesterday came out. And he um, he blamed Trump for the bank in Silicon Valley collapsing because that's what people with the brains of children do. And he blamed the Republicans and then said it's not a bailout. It's a bailout and it's uh, not on the Republicans. But this is what you can get away with, or at least, you know, they believe they can get away with it, and and they believe it because they've been getting away with it for years. Joe Biden yesterday morning on bailing out banks. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. See, the, unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. Mm. Well, interestingly, the, um, even the left-wing Politico in Washington, D.C. has the headline, Barney Frank blames crypto panic for his bank's collapse. Elizabeth Warren blames Trump. Well, you know, she's a Native American, and uh, she can say what she wants without uh, criticism, but... Uh, Barney Frank, in fact, uh, called BS yesterday. Barney Frank is a longtime Democrat, liberal, left congressman from Massachusetts, who quite honestly was considered to be one of the most left-wing people in the United States of America for so many years. And, um, and now he's kind of perfectly mainstream with, uh, well, I mean, uh, check that. He is conservative by today's Democrat Party standards, and he was considered to be 
uh, really wild-eyed lefties. He, he was probably the first member of Congress to come out as gay. Uh, I think that he was, actually, a long time ago. But Barney Frank, who was on the board of the cryptocurrency bank in New York that collapsed called Signature Bank. He's on the board, naturally, and he's got tons of money invested in all that. But even the left-wing Politico had to bury in their story from his front-row seat as a member of the board at Signature. He blamed Signature's failure on a panic that began with last year's cryptocurrency collapse. His bank was one of the few that served the industry, compounded by a uh, a run triggered by the failure of tech-focused Silicon Valley Bank late last week. Frank, former Congressman Barney Frank, board member, Signature Bank in New York, cryptocurrency. Frank disputes that a bipartisan regulatory rollback signed into law by former President Donald Trump in 2018 had anything to do with it. Even if it was driven by a desire to ease regulation of midsize and regional banks like his own. I don't think it had any impact, Frank said in an interview. They hadn't stopped examining banks, he said. So Joe Biden came out and tried to blame and and he by you know, Dodd Frank is Barney Frank. He's the Frank part of Dodd Frank, the regulatory bill uh, after the big banking calamity back in two thousand eight. And we all got a uh, live that and oh wait a minute it was a bipartisan bill in Congress and both houses of Congress it was bipartisan and the modification was made and President Trump signed it but these pipsqueaks like Joe Biden will never take adult responsibility for anything and always shift blame and 99 percent of the media is just going to pretend that that's reality all right They warned in 2018 that weakening regulations could lead to failure like SVB. Now Elizabeth Warren and other Democrats want those changes back. Turn those machines back on. But the the, uh, author of uh, Dodd-Frank, Barney Frank, on the board of one of the companies, be very convenient for him to blame Trump. He's a Trump hater for sure, huge time. But... He had to, the thing is, he comes from a generation of liberal that um, some of them could still tell the truth from time to time. And Barney Frank was always a smart man and a serious man and a big lefty. But now I got to tell you, the party has moved so far left that uh, I don't think he'd even fit in anymore. I don't think it had any impact. It was a bipartisan bill. It was signed by Trump. It was good politics and good policy at the time. But now uh, Biden will try to blame you. Jen Psaki um, went on MSDNC where they pay her to be a propagandist for the Democrat Party like everybody else on that insane network. You know, they have uh, 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 the Reverend Al Charlatan over there. Genius, genius. Uh, and here's Jen Psaki on MSDNC revealing that Joe Biden sleeps in late uh, because, you know, Hazel isn't on until about 11. Now, it's important to note, President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m. He is a night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway speaks to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there conveying that to the American public. Uh, Had to do it before the markets opened in uh, New York, and that was the reason he came. And everybody knows that. But they don't talk about that on MSNBC. And if you get your information from them, you're wrong about everything. 
And everything you believe to be true is false. Everything you believe to be false is true. Uh, Thank NBC fake news. And the Reverend Al Charlatan. And they got that uh, racist. Um, uh, well, they got so many racists over there. Joy, Joyless Reed and all those people. Uh, he does nothing at 9 a.m. He's the president of the United States of America. Huh? And he is just, uh, honestly, um, he is a crusty, do-nothing, dimwit, numbskull. He does nothing at 9 a.m. He's a night owl. Yeah, he stays up past 7 some nights. Wow, that is, uh, that's just, uh, that's just amazing. And then Jen Psaki was on uh, late night TV on Stephen Colbert because the propaganda never stops for the Democrat Party. Um, and boy, propaganda it is. Uh, Jen Psaki, mornings on MSDNC, nighttime on CBS with Stephen Colbert because they're all on the same team. It's been said the value of the press is to be, to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Are you going to have to throw some haymakers at the Biden administration to prove that you're independent of your old boss? I don't know if I'm a good haymaker thrower. I'm trying to figure out exactly what that is. She doesn't know the word haymaker. She's never heard the term haymaker before. She doesn't know what that means. She was the White House press secretary. Now she's a journalist at MSDNC, doubtless a million dollars a year, and for a one show a week, I think. And and um, she doesn't know what the question meant because she doesn't know what those words mean. That's, that's pretty extraordinary. These are not bright people. She went to all the best schools, right? Speaking of not being bright people and not knowing what these words mean, let's go to soundbite number 24. Soundbite number 24. This is, this is kind of amazing. You know, in uh, Florida... Now, the uh, Republicans in Virginia in the statehouse tried to pass a law that would make teaching the history of communism mandatory in the public schools in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And the Democrats shot it down because they don't want people to know about the horrors of communism. They're breathing life back into communism. They're repackaging and reselling communism. This time, uh, you know, people are going to buy it. Well, people have bought it before, I guess. You know, the, you know those people storming the border? I shared the audio with you yesterday. They stormed our border at the El Paso crossing on Sunday. More than 1,000 people. They were almost all from Venezuela, as it turns out, which is a socialist utopia. Uh, I know Democrats, Michael Moore said it was great. Bernie Sanders said it was great. Hugo Chavez uh, said it was great. And uh, now they have Nicolas Maduro, and people are fleeing there like it's uh, a gas chamber, and uh, there's just a crack big enough to slither out. People are fleeing Venezuela, but the Democrats are repackaging and reselling that here, while full-grown men are eating out of the back of garbage trucks that they chase down the street. Have you seen that video? So here's Chunk Todd. Chunk is a former Democrat Senate campaign staffer. His wife, Chunk Todd's, he has a wife. Um, Chunk Todd's wife runs a political operation uh, just outside of Washington where she has done lots of work for the campaigns of Bernie Sanders for president, taken in literally millions of dollars from the Bernie Sanders campaign, just to give you an idea of what kind of communist household this is. And uh, Chunk Todd was attacking Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday on the television because Ron DeSantis, you know, they got a lot of Cuban refugees in Florida that fled communism there. 
uh, political prisoners, executions, murders. You attempt to flee. It's called an escape. Uh, first of all, you're fleeing, uh, and uh, it's called an escape. And they'll shoot you in the back because they're commies. And uh, so Ron DeSantis and the Republicans want to teach. Uh, they have uh, arranged for uh, teaching the horrors of communism. And one day a year, the schools will commemorate the victims of communism in Florida. A hundred million dead and way over a billion brutalized, rifle butt to the teeth, uh, slavery, the whole thing. Here's Chunk Todd. He's upset because he feels that Ron DeSantis is politicizing communism. I don't know if DeSantis is going to be talking to swing voters. Here's like one of the things he said in Vegas yesterday. Take a listen to this. We're also the first state in the country to establish every November 10th, the day in our schools is earmarked to teach our students at all grade levels about the evils of communist regimes throughout history. We're going to tell the truth about Marxism and Leninism. In Miami. It, 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 you know, Jonathan, it, it's sort of like, look, uh, being a Floridian, I sort of know what, what he's, <laughs> trying, he's, to, what he's yeah. trying to play there and all of that. But I would tell him, I went to Florida public schools, you know, we, we were taught this, it was called history. Hmm. Right. It just seems like a weird politicizing, you know, he's going out of his way to politicize something. He's politicizing communism. I don't want to politicize communism. Um, I'm guessing, Chunk, you went to uh, bad schools a long time ago. Um, and maybe they did teach the history of the 20th century then. It was the 20th century. But your commie allies in school are too busy teaching cross-dressing and having drag queen story hour to teach about the brutality, the savagery, the murder that is communism. So, um, yeah, politicizing communism. Chunk Todd, NBC Fake News. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. Karl Marx died 140 years ago today. I assume the Democrats will have an event up on the Capitol, uh, up on Capitol Hill wearing an armband. Hanoi Jane Fonda was on The View yesterday where she uh, said pro-life Republicans should be murdered. That's the word she used. It's not marching and, and protesting. What else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous... <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Ah, ah, the left and murder. That's uh, Hanoi Jane, Hanoi Jane Funda. She's a traitor and she loves murder. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 